You're listening to the Quince podcast. The new year has begun with a significant event in India's long fight against COVID-19. On 3rd January, Covishield and Covaxin became the first coronavirus vaccines in the country to get emergency approval by the DCGI. Covishield as we know is the vaccine candidate being developed by Oxford AstraZeneca that is being manufactured by the Serum Institute in India. But it's the conditional approval of Covaxin, India's Swadeshi vaccine candidate, that is raising some questions and controversies. Well, firstly, Covaxin is still in its phase 3 trials which triggered concerns of safety, and unlike the other vaccines that have received emergency authorization worldwide, we don't exactly know its level of efficacy right now, which can again only be determined after it has gone through large-scale phase 3 trials. While experts are pointing out some of the gaps in the decision for emergency authorization, an infuriated Dr. Krishna Ella, the MD of Bharat Biotech, responded to the criticism saying that their method has been transparent and that this vaccine is in no way inferior to the international ones. So what is it that we do know about Covaxin so far? How does this vaccine work? What are the concerns that are being raised by experts and how is the vaccination drive going to be implemented if it's yet to conclude its trials? In this podcast we'll hear from Dr. Randeep Guleria, director of AIMS, and Dr. Anand Bhan, adjunct professor and researcher in bioethics at Mangaluru's Yenapoya University. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Shalpuri. Covaxin is India's first indigenous vaccine developed by the Hyderabad-based pharma Bharat Biotech in collaboration with the ICMR and the National Institute of Virology in Pune. So how Covaxin works is that the SARS-CoV-2 strain was first isolated in NIV and then transferred to Bharat Biotech. And there the inactivated vaccine was developed and manufactured. And according to the World Health Organization, an inactivated vaccine or a killed vaccine uses the killed version of the pathogen that causes the disease. They made from viruses or bacteria that have been killed clinically and therefore cannot cause diseases anymore. And some other examples of inactivated vaccines include hepatitis A, influenza, polio, and rabies, among others. Now, as the DCGI chief B G Somani granted his approval for the two vaccines, he said that after much deliberation, Covaxin has been recommended for quote emergency restricted use in emergency situation in public interest as an abundant precaution in clinical trial mode to have more options for vaccinations especially in case of infection by mutant strain end quote he also said that all the required data has been submitted to the central drug standard control organization or the cdsco and this is a snippet from mr somani's press conference this vaccine is developed on virocell platform which has well established track record of safety and efficacy in the country and globally the firm has generated safety and immunogenicity data in various animal species such as mice rats rabbits cerian hamster and also conducted challenge studies on non human primates rhesus macaques and hamsters all this data has been shared by the firm with CDSCO Phase 1 and phase 2 clinical trials were conducted in approximately 800 subjects and results have demonstrated that the vaccine is safe 
and provides a robust immune response. The phase three efficacy trial was initiated in India in 25,800 volunteers and till date approximately 22,500 participants have been vaccinated across the country and the vaccine has been found to be safe as per the data available till date. The subject expert committee has reviewed the data on safety and immunogenicity of the vaccine and recommended for grant of permission for restricted use in emergency situation in public interest as an abundant precaution in clinical trial mode to have more options for vaccinations, especially in case of infection by mutant strain. The clinical trial ongoing within the country by the firm will continue. All that may be the case, however, the data isn't available on public domain. Only the prelim animal trial and the phase 1 data is available in public domain that indicates a quote-unquote robust immune response. But that data has not been peer-reviewed and is only a preprint. And this very concern in no time also snowballed into a political controversy. Soon after the approval, as PM Modi tweeted saying, I'm quoting his tweet, quote, This shows the eagerness of a scientific community to fulfill the dream of an Atmanirbhar Bharat, end quote. Opposition leaders such as Congress MP Shashi Tharu said that the vaccine was approved too soon. And I'm quoting Mr. Tharu's tweet as well. Quote, Covaxin has not yet had phase 3 trials. Approval was premature and could be dangerous. Dr. Harshvardhan should please clarify. Its use should be avoided till full trials are over. India can start with the AstraZeneca vaccine in the meantime. End quote. To respond to Mr. Tharu's tweet, Union Health Minister Dr. Harshvardhan clarified that Covaxin's emergency use would be different from Covishield's use. And Dr. Harshvardhan also posted a tweet, and I'm quoting that tweet, quote, For those spreading rumours, let it be known that the emergency use approval for Covaxin is differently conditional in clinical trial mode. All Covaxin recipients are to be tracked, monitored, as if they are in trial. End quote. And in an interview to The Quint, Dr. Randeep Guleria, who's the director of AIMS, said that with the kind of conditions that comes with Covaxin's approval, it's likely to work as a backup vaccine if the infection spikes since there are limited doses of vaccinations right now. So I think what, uh, uh, if you look at what has been said, it is approved not as an emergency use authorization, but for an emergency situation. Right. And what I can understand from that is that I think because of what is happening in UK, Europe and the US, there is a concern that if we have an increased surge in number of cases and an emergency situation where we would need more doses because we have no drug available, right. then this vaccine may be considered. Otherwise, it is going to be Covishield uh, that will be given. And also, uh, the data that they have, I think the expert committee probably looked at whatever phase uh, 3 data, phase 1 and phase 2 data was concerned as far as safety was concerned. Right. So I think the safety data was pretty robust. The efficacy data still needed to be there. But uh, it was felt that in case we have increased in number of cases and we have a panic situation as has happened in the UK, where they've even changed the timeline for giving the second shot because of the uh, huge number of cases. Right. Probably the committee felt that if such a situation arises, then one can look at as alternate uh, the co-vaccine as an alternate that can be given. Right. But still in a clinical trial mode. That okay. has also been mentioned. 
Dr. Guleria also believes that as the data continues to be collected, hopefully in the next four to six weeks, there'll be more information regarding Covaxin's efficacy, after which it might receive the same level of approval as Covishield. So I think what it means is that they've just asked, the, probably given the, the company or the government, the, uh, let's say the green signal to tell them to start stockpiling the vaccine based on the data. Okay. That it may be effective, but they still have said that it, you need to get more data in. And hopefully in the next, uh, let's say, four to six weeks, that data should come in, or maybe earlier if they have enough events. Right. And ah. then, then they would probably give the type of emergency authorization that they've given to Serum Institute. But while the approval is conditional, the recurring question around this development has been, why was it approved in a hurry without adequate safety and efficacy data? In the last few months, as we read reports of the developments around various coronavirus vaccines, the word efficacy was something that has come up often. AstraZeneca, for instance, had reported an overall 70% efficacy. Moderna and Pfizer showed 95% efficacy. But in this case, there's no efficacy data, not until the phase 3 trials wrap up. And responding to that criticism, Dr. Ella said that the CDSCO 2019 rules allow for the emergency licensing of a product if it shows good preclinical data and good immunogenicity from phase 1 and phase 2 trials. Please, I request to anybody, one of them, to read the guidelines of uh, Gazette Notification 2019. That they clearly said, if you have a platform, is a proven platform technology, number one. Number two, safe platform technology. Number three, good preclinical trial data is available. Good phase one immunogenicity data. Phase two, good immunogenicity data is available. Then you can license the product, emergency license. That is allowed according to Gazette Notification. Many people just talking about gossiping, everything in a different direction to just backlash on the Indian companies. That is not right for us. We don't deserve that. So does this mean that determining the efficacy of Covaxin is not necessary? Does it mean that concluding trials is not requisite? Dr. Anand Bhan, a junk professor and researcher in bioethics at Mengaluru's Yenapoya University, explains the methodology of clinical trials and what each phase sets to determine. Yeah, so on a very, very basic level, what you do in clinical trials is in phase one, you look at safety. Um, in phase two, you look at safety and immunogenicity. So whether the vaccine is initiating an immune response, which could be protective in nature. In phase three, you actually look out for efficacy, right? And efficacy tells you if the vaccine would be uh, useful in protecting you against infection, which is what the use of that vaccine primarily is for. Now, you have to do uh, these kind of efficacy studies in fairly large populations. I think, for example, the Bharat Biotech uh, trial uh, is recruiting almost around 26,000 participants. And I believe that they have managed to reach almost reach that target. And then you look at, uh, you know, the kind of difference between the two arms, the intervention arm, which is getting the actual vaccine, and then the placebo arm, and see if actually the vaccine is more protective as compared to the placebo arm. So that is that tells you in a fairly large population whether the vaccine is working or not, um, as compared to just uh, a theoretical interpretation based on immunogenicity, which has not yet been proved in field conditions. Now, uh, the clinical trial uh, in field conditions uh, is also a controlled situation. And hence, you also have what is known as phase four, where you actually look out for effectiveness. But uh, at least phase three gives you early indications that uh, there is a strong chance of protectiveness. And that's the kind of data, for example, which Pfizer and Moderna have uh, provided, AstraZeneca has provided and published. So all of these uh, vaccines, which are now being used in multiple countries, for example, have provided that efficacy data by virtue of publication and submission to the regulator. That's what would be nice to see in this case as well. 
So what are the concerns in this case then? Dr. Bhan explains that there have been similar emergency approvals in India before, but the usual requirement is more transparency around data, and that should have been made available for co-vaccine as well. Now, uh, you know, there have been earlier uh, situations where such approvals have been given. A good example is Ebola, where some approvals were given. Um, but since everything is happening on an expedited basis, uh, the usual requirement is that there be more transparency around process and there be sort of, you know, more uh, detailed data being available so that people can also make an independent uh, judgment around the nature of the approval and on what basis that approval was made. That seems to be missing uh, here. And I think that is what the worrying part is. Um, I think almost all of us are uh, supporters of Indian innovation, Indian science. The Indian vaccine industry has indeed actually contributed a lot to global health and helped save millions of lives. But I think in this play, uh, in this particular circumstance, the process involved uh, is pretty opaque, and I think that is what is worrisome. It would have been good to know what was the data which went into uh, this decision, on what basis was it made, what were the kind of discussions which happened, and uh, how was that decision to allow for the approval made. If you remember a few weeks ago, the subject expert committee had met and had asked for more data uh, before yeah. uh, making a decision. So what was the nature of that data? What did that data indicate, et cetera, should have been put out in the public domain. And that is what I think is a bit concerning that it's not yet available. But since we've been talking at length about vaccination, the question is, when is the emergency drive going to start, right? Well, we'll have to wait a little longer. India has already conducted a two-day dry run from January 2nd for the vaccination drive in Andhra Pradesh, Punjab, Gujarat and Assam, which is like a mock drill on registration, allocation of vaccine side, figuring out the vaccination process and cold storage and transportation. And now the state governments will prepare a report with feedback and suggestions to the centre. So stay tuned to The Quint for all updates on this. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts. 